Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online. I'm going to be letting you guys finish some of my sentences, okay? So don't be too afraid. I'm going to sing and let you finish it. And so we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. i got to find my place here. But uh, if, my name is Jacob. If you don't got to see just a little three and a half insight video of what they're like, what, we, what it's like on a Wednesday night. It is a lot of fun. It's really crazy. We love Jesus in this place, and we run a run hard after him with all that we are. Without any reservation, without any kind of like, I don't know about this, but like really, there's, he, there's more of him to be had. Amen? And they are getting it, and they know it. And so I have the honor and privilege to share with you guys today and really, my heart is not to come up here and say a bunch of pretty things or, like, really even smart things, but um, I just am up here, and I just want to burn, and I just want, my heart is to come up here and burn, and with burning comes refinement, right, and purging, and so, like, if you want to burn with me, I'm just telling you right now, there's refinement and purging that, that will happen but then there's also this other side of burning that brings warmth, right? Amen? So, shall we burn? Let's burn. John Wesley said that if you light yourself, well, he said, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles and watch you burn. Right? And this, isn't that so Jesus? He's traveling from town to town, bringing the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? And it says that the crowds are coming from all over the place. And what is Jesus doing? He's burning with passion to make his father known. And he's burning with passion to love these people. And people are drawn to that. And I mean so drawn that they are literally walking miles and miles and miles. To come and hear and to sit with him and be with him and to see him. There's something so spectacular, so amazing about Jesus. That he draws people to himself. I mean, the word says when his name is lifted up, he draws all people to himself, right? And so I want to, let's get started. Let's go to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. This is a, hmm, we're going to read more than verse 8. Sorry, Casey. Um, I, this is a, a, a passage that I come to repeatedly over and over and over again. And I'm just so struck by Paul's words, by what he is going after. It's Jesus, right? But I just love the way he puts this. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. If you know the story of Paul, he was Saul. He had a reputation. He had influence. But he says, whatever that was, it's not even close to being compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Say surpassing worth. He is the farthest thing from dull. He's the farthest thing from dull, but how many days is your faith dull? Because our eyes are not on him anymore. Because we've got on this thing that's like, it's just church, it's just Jesus. Yeah, Jesus loves me. Look, hey, I understand. Like, I have these days. But I think the Holy Spirit is trying to grip my heart and my mind, say, Jacob, just get your eyes up, look at me. 
ask me to show you who I am again. Because, you know, even now it's begun. The creatures around his throne, they look at him and they fall face down and they worship. And they sing the song that goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's never old. Because they're looking at Jesus. And so Aaron has been talking about chasing after God, seeking him, pursuing God, right? And so we've been talking about the same thing on Wednesday nights. So if you have students that are in our youth group, hello, this is a beautiful moment for discipleship to happen. What Pastor Aaron is teaching you here on Sunday mornings, the same thing is being taught on Wednesday nights. Ask your kid about that. What are you learning about pursuing God? And then let them ask you. And you know what? They probably won't ask you sometimes because that can feel awkward. Why don't you tell them? And then this is discipleship, right? Where you and your teenager or you and your kid don't just, not just with your teenager. I have a four-year-old. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a one-year-old. Almost one. She's not one yet. She's still not one. We're like in no rush for her to be one. She's so cute and squishy. We call her the squish. Um... I wish, I, wish I, I should have put a picture up there so you guys could see what I'm saying. But this discipleship thing of seeking God, hey, what are you learning? What are you, I don't know how you want to do it. You're their mom and you're their dad. You know, like, what makes them tick. Because I've shared with you before, you are, you're the most influential youth pastor they'll ever have. They live at your house. They sit at your table. I see them maybe twice a week, maybe, right? But you do life with them. You pick them up from school. You feed them. And so we've been talking about seeking God and knowing God and going after God. And Philippians 3, 8, the surpassing worth. This is the, this is the ambition of Paul's life. Whatever were gains to me, I consider lost for the surpassing worth of knowing him for whose sake I lost all things. And I consider those things garbage that I might gain who? There we go. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which comes from the law, but that which is through faith in who? Mm-hmm, you guys are doing good. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Listen to Paul's earnesty and his longing here. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and, some, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And I love Paul's honesty here, too, because none of us have arrived. Would you say you've arrived in your faith? Nope, but he, sa- he says, hey, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ has taken hold of me. Like, that's what matters. He took hold of it for me. I'm not reaching after and striving after this thing. I couldn't do it, but Jesus did it. So I'm going to run after Jesus. Not after all the things that he's telling me to do, after him. The things that he's telling you are a byproduct of the things of seeking him. If you're chasing after him, he's going to begin to put things in your life and in your heart. And you're going to want to do these things. And you're going to want to serve him because there's more of God to be known while you serve and while you chase him and while you do these things. Amen? Your faith becomes alive. Brothers and sisters, again, I don't consider myself to have taken a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, straining towards the goal of what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize 
for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I ask now that you would give us hearts that earnestly desire you, like Paul would say, everything before you is actually garbage. It's not even worth being mentioned, being in the same sentence as knowing you. Lord, I ask that you would strike our hearts and minds with wonder again. Break off dullness. We have this picture that you're really not that great, that you're some pale-faced, strange, weird haircut, blue sash Jesus. But you are the man with fire in your eyes. This passion burns for us. Your heart, I think Isaiah says, your heart will throb and swell with joy. Father, would you put this picture, this imagery of Jesus in our hearts and minds. Burn it in. In Jesus' name, break off our dullness when we think of you. Amen. Okay, are you ready? Okay, it's 1025. We're good. Seeking God, the highest, easily highest, most noble ambition of your entire life. Would you agree? You've got some big plans. You've got some big dreams. Make a lot of money. Change the world. Impact somebody's life. Those are good, sure. But the highest ambition of your life will be to know him. Not to do things for him, but to know him, right? Because you, we won't go there. But I was just going to say, you read about people who think they're good because they do things for God. But he says, I, I don't know you. So the thing is to know him. The ambition of my life, of Paul's life here, is to know him. Let's pull up ambition here. I have it defined. Ambition, an earnest desire for some type of achievement or distinction as power, honor, fame, or wealth. And the second part of that, and the willingness to strive for its attainment. So it's, not, it, so it's, it's more than, I think it would be cool if, but it's rather, I think it would be cool if, so I'm going to. Go after him. It's the willingness to strive for its attainment. The highest, most holy, beautiful ambition of our life will ever, ever be, will be to go after him. And here's my, my version. Ambition just means like the crave of your heart. With the things that your heart craves for. And when you crave for something, you're willing to go after it and get it, right? Think about my wife when she was pregnant. It was Brahms Cheeseburgers. And she was like, Jacob, go to Brahms. Does not matter what time it is. Go get me that cheeseburger. The crave, he is the crave of our heart. And look, the Bible has a lot to say about him and your heart. Amen? Check this out. When I was a kid, the phrase was, and maybe you've heard this, Jesus, come into my Jesus, come live in my, Jesus, you can have my, and then you were saved, right? It was this thing of saying, I give you my heart. Jesus and the word of God has a lot to say about your heart, so we're just going to keep going. Where your heart is, okay, don't be shy. Where your heart is, there is your treasure also. What about this one? Above all, guard your for everything you do flows from it. Seek me and, and you'll find me when you seek me with 
all of your heart. What about this one? My heart says if you seek his face, your face, Lord, I seek. What about this? Create in me a clean. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the. That's just a few. All over the Bible. That's not just Old Testament. That's not just New Testament. He is like what our hearts were made for. Nothing else is going to satisfy your heart. The, high, like the ambition of your life, whatever you thought it was, it's going to feel empty and flat if it's not him. Some of, some of us, we've been there. Like we've achieved the goals that we were like, man, I've seen my dreams come true. But you still feel that emptiness. You still feel this longing because it hasn't been him. It's been you. He has got to be the desire of our heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desire of your heart. The the desires of your heart, those aren't just the things that you're good at, that you do, that you want to see happen. It's when he becomes that desire. He's going to give you it when he is it. Does that make sense? When all of your delight is placed on him, he's more than ready, more than willing to give himself to you. I mean, and actually, before we're even ready for him, he has done it. He has done it. But if we will have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that are humble enough and teachable enough to acknowledge it, receive it, understand it, take it in, stand upon it, he will do this transformation in our heart. One of the life lessons that my parents taught me, and this wasn't like a, my dad wasn't like, sit down, son, I'm going to teach you a life lesson moment. This was just discipleship over the years was the power of a heart with a cause. And one of the ways they discipled me in that was through movies. Movies like Braveheart, movies like Rudy. You guys seen those movies? Rudy is probably one of the most boring movies I could ever think of. But if you know it, there's something. Rudy, he's this like, he's a football player. He's got this ambition to go play at Notre Dame someday. Like his whole life. And he's, it's not only just like a want to, I think that would be a cool idea, but he's going after it. And he's serving. And he's doing what he's got to do. And, what, and, and, and I, fell up, I fell asleep in the midst of all that stuff of him working hard and striving for his goal. But I woke up and he's on the field, padded up in Notre Dame football clothes. Pads. That's the word. I'm a musician. (laughs) But he achieved this goal, and it's inspiring. And I just think, like, man, there's something so, and the fun thing about Rudy is I do remember, he would inspire those around him, right, in his chase. And there was something, there was this undeniable purity in his heart right? That when people saw it and heard his story, they championed him in it. They supported him in it. Run hard. We're with you. Same thing, chasing Jesus. When he is the object of our desire, when he's the one who has the only thing that holds weight when it comes to defining our heart, The only thing, check it out, because sometimes we feel this, we feel condemned in our hearts. Would you agree? Look, there's a scripture for that. Here we go. 1 John 3, 
verses 19 through 21. This is such a good word to come and pray when you feel that, when you feel not worthy, when you feel like too far off. This is how we know that we belong to the truth. What a beautiful phrase. We belong to the truth in how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. It's him. If our hearts condemn us, then we know that who is greater than our hearts? Does he condemn you? Here, finish this one for me. There's now, therefore, or no condom. Yeah. For all who are in Christ. Thanks, Mom. No condemnation for those who are in Christ. None. It's this thing. We set our hearts at rest. Whose word matters more to you? Yours or his? If he doesn't condemn your heart, then why do we still do this prideful, arrogant thing of saying, we're still not worthy, we're still not good enough, he'd blah, 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 wham, 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 wham. And he's saying, I love you. <laughs> Would you get over yourself? Chase after me. Come here, come here. I want to show you something. I want to show you more of me. I want to do something in the room, not to embarrass anybody, but to honor, because I want to say thank you, not just on my behalf, but on behalf of the teenagers and the young people in this room. If you've been walking with God, if you've known Jesus for five years and longer, stand up. It's beautiful. Ten years and longer. If you, and just sit down as, as the years come on. Ten years longer. 15 years and longer, 20 years, 30 years, oh, here we go, 40 years, this is so fun, yeah, can we give it up for these people, 45 years, 50 years, come on, you guys can be seated. Here's the thing. Here's why I have you do that. Because as a 27-year-old man, I want to know that I can still be in love with Jesus when I'm, when I'm 65, when I'm 80. Like, I want to know. Our teenagers want to know. There's more of him to be had. There's more of him to know. Life doesn't just, like, top out one day. And knowing him, we never arrive at this thing. But it's like, I've known him for 50 years. I've got to know him for six, there was a, in the eight o'clock service, that's the old timer service. <laughs> there was a guy who's like 65 years I've been walking with Jesus. I just want to say thank you. Because your prayer, I want to say thank you for your prayers, for your labor in the kingdom, because it's trickling down. I feel it. Your teenagers are the fruit of it. Just keep running. Keep seeking after the Lord. Keep because, like, we see your life in God. We see your heart for Jesus. And it's inspiring. I know you haven't been perfect in that walk. I know. But I want to say thank you because you're still showing us what it's like to lean on his mercies. You're still showing us that, that he's worth chasing after. And you're showing us that we can participate with God's kingdom right here and right now. But here's the question I want to ask because 
because I just I felt like the Lord challenged it in my heart when I was getting ready for this. Have you and I, have we, per, have we fantasized about his kingdom more than we've actually participated in it? We're like, oh, that will be nice. One day we'll walk on streets of gold and everything will be perfect and people won't bother us anymore and it's going to be good. Hey, I'm looking forward to that too. But as Jesus walked to the earth, he said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is here and now. Here and now. The kingdom of heaven is here and now. And I'm telling you, on this side of eternity, there are things that we get to participate with that show us God's heart that will be like the default in heaven. Right? Things like redemption. Things like forgiveness. It's here and now. We actually get to, to do that with him. Right here and right now. What about extravagant kindness? Right here, right now. Generosity, right here, right now. Courage and bravery. We're never going to be afraid again. Right? But right here, right now, we can participate with God's kingdom in being courageous and brave. The Bible says the righteous are bold as lions. Righteousness is here and now. Mercy to be shown here and now. Resurrection is happening here and now. There's wonder to behold here and now. Does anybody feel their faith just rising in this room? There's wonder. He's he's here now. Like his Holy Spirit in us. We can participate in his kingdom all the time. There are tough moments. There are hard moments. I know. But there are moments, opportunities to know him afresh all the time. Because his goodness never, ever, ever runs out. Never, ever. Jesus says in John 15, abide in me. If you abide in me, then I'll abide and my love will remain Remain in my love. My love will remain in you. That thing Aaron's saying, 3.30 Monday afternoon, is this alive in your heart? Sometimes you got to, sometimes it's not, and you just got to begin to tell your soul, get with it. Come alive in me, God. Sometimes you're around people you don't like, and you've got to, <laughs> you're the light of the world. Don't put a basket over your head. This Jesus demonstrated so, so beautifully. He's living in the same world that you and I are living in, right? And he says the kingdom of God. And he just begins to list off all these common things that you and I don't think twice about. The kingdom of heaven is like a seed. The kingdom of heaven is like bread. The kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net. And he begins to see how his kingdom is at work in all the areas on this beautiful place that he's given us to have dominion over. And like how often, like our lives are filled with common moments, right? But what if we prayed and asked, God, would you give me a hyper awareness to participate with your kingdom? And Jesus would just tell these stories to people who were learned and unlearned. It was these things that any man or woman could listen to and actually get understanding in their heart. It's not high and lofty. It's available, it's accessible by his Holy Spirit. We need a humble and a teachable heart to receive it, to take it in. A heart that is struck 
in wonder by who he is. Jesus looked at the world around him and he took note of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And he marveled at his father's intentionality that surrounded him. Romans 1.20 says, there's like no excuse for God is demonstrating his invisible qualities all throughout the earth. Or in Psalm 19 it says, like it, it's talking about the heavens, how they declare the majesty of God. And it says, day and night they pour forth, they pour forth speech, yet no words. They don't say anything. But they magnify God. You've been struck by this before. It's like, wow, he's bigger, he's better than I ever could have been. Than, than I, I just take it for granted. I just want to pray over you. Charles Spurgeon said, the more we look at Jesus, the more there is to see. The more we look at him, the more there is to see. There's another phrase. I don't know where I got this one from, but it says, sin keeps me from the word, but the word keeps me from sin. Jesus is the very word of God, the living word. So I'm praying that faith would rise up in us, that we would be satisfied in him and him alone. I like being a part of exciting things and fun things and going to worship nights and ministry events. I love it because I love to be around all of you guys and chase after God together. It's like exciting electric atmosphere. But there are moments, it's like 9 p.m. and I'm in my living room and the house is quiet. And God is like, I'm here, I'm now. Do you know me? Do you want to? Because he's available. So Jesus, I ask this morning, just looking at you, seeing how you are so enamored by your father, everything you did, you didn't do anything outside of what he said to you or what he told you to do, but you were wholeheartedly chasing after him, knowing him this ever knowing between the two of you. We want that in us. Just open your hands if you want that. God, I want to know you ever long. Even now, let it start in my heart. I want to be struck by your beauty again. It's the one thing I desire more than anything else to be in your temple, to look upon you. It's what my heart, it's the cause of my heart. Lord, would you birth desire, birth hunger for your presence? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jacob, I'm going to have you stay up here for just a minute. Man, I, I just feel this. <clears throat> I want to pray over him as the youth pastor, not just here for Alliance. I believe that Jacob has a call as a youth pastor for the city. And, you know, the Lord says in his word that he will give you shepherds after his own heart. And I'm praying that this nature uh, of Jesus that he carries, this spirit of the Lord that he carries, um, he gets to meet with youth pastors across the city, and that this would be what the kids are getting to hear. Because what he gave you today is the same thing he shares with the students. And so that, that this is what they're hearing, that he is everything. And so I just, I want to pray over him as a body, that this, this anointing that he carries for the way you see the Lord, whew, bro, 
like that you would pour this out on other youth pastors that are trying to figure out the game of youth ministry, and it's not a game, it's Jesus, amen, and trying to figure that out. And so Doug Krista, are you guys here? I heard mom and dad in here. Yeah, come over here. This is his lineage here. They birthed him. They're going to they're gonna be up here with him. Maybe you come up, come up over. We just, can we just lay hands on you? Just feel this, Jacob. Yeah, would you, church, extend a hand out towards him? Oh, Jesus, so blessed by Jacob's heart for you. He cares nothing about showmanship or performance. He cares nothing about what people think, but he cares about what his heavenly father says and thinks. I pray, Jesus, that this would be an anointing that would not just pour over on the students here at Reliance, but God, I pray that you would give Jacob position in other youth pastors and pastors' hearts where they can see this young man's heart that burns for you and you alone. God, in, in ministry, sometimes it's like everybody's trying to figure out the next thing and the next gimmick and what's going to get youth and how we're going to get them in. God, you're the one who draws them near. And so I pray, Lord, that you would give Jake just influence, God, to be able to pour out what it looks like to have a love affair. And God, I pray that in him you'd help unite the youth pastors in this city. And that Jesus, what would be said of Wichita, Kansas, is there's never been a united generation like that. So, Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you for what you're doing in the youth ministry. Bless this young man. Bless his wife. God, who's his partner in ministry, and he wouldn't be able to do the things he does without her. Bless his children. God, as I know, he spends a lot of time pouring into others, but I know he's a great daddy as well. Bless his children, but bless this young man, Jesus, for what you have in the future. In your name we pray. Amen. Can you guys, man, one more time, youth ministry. Yep. That's it. That's, that's it. You guys are dismissed to go. Come back at 11 for the chili cook, or 12, sorry, not 11. Come back at 12 for the chili cook-off. Love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's word. We hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day-to-day. And until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.